We're glad you've joined us today for Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio preaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called Community Spread, and today we're going to listen to the second part of a message called Growing Together as a Grace Community. Let's open our hearts and our minds to 2 Peter chapter 3. Now think about it this way. When we receive the gift of salvation, it's like this massive, massive, massive gift that God gives us. And we receive it. And we're amazed by it. But some of us think, okay, I got this massive gift of grace. I'm going to put that down in my living room. This is awesome. I've got this gift. This is all I ever need. I've got what I need. Now I'm going to coast into eternity. Not realizing that every single day I need new gifts of grace. And it's like this. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, not only do we receive this awesome gift of salvation by grace, God's favor, but it's like every morning we wake up and open the front door and there's four packages on the steps four new gifts of grace that I need today. And our heavenly father that knows us, that is thinking about our challenges, thinking about the good things going, it knows everything about us. It's like he's already pre-ordered that grace, those packages, and they arrive right on time. All we need to do is pick them up and bring them in and open them up. We need grace every day. Now, here's the thing. Some of us, we get our four gifts of grace, but we're busy. And, and so we say, hey, honey, honey, can you take the, can you take the top gift off the top? And, and then I'm going to go put these in the, I'm going to go put these in the dining room and I'll put them on the table and I'm going to leave them there. Maybe if I have time after, after work, before I put the kids to bed, I'll go open those up. But then the next day, we, we, there's four more, and we pick them up, and we're like, well, I got time to get two of these, but you know, I'm just going to put the rest of them back in here. And suddenly, that dining room starts getting more and more filled with, you know, there's something I've learned over time. Clean out their homes in difficult situations. I've seen a couple hoarder situations. One of the interesting things that I picked up, and you can, I've watched this on television too, you've seen this. It's interesting to me, an interesting note about hoarders, at least that I've observed is that when you go through a home of a hoarder, what you find is not that they open, I mean, whether they ordered things online or whether they bought packages and brought them home, what you will find is a lot of those packages are unopened. They just had the joy of buying them and then they, instead of opening and enjoying them, they just keep packing them in and packing them in and packing them in until what happens? Until the gifts end up becoming a problem and become an irritation and sometimes destroy relationships. That's true about grace too. If God is giving you grace and giving you gifts of grace, but you don't take the time to open them and grow in them, what ends up happening is you keep shoving it into places of your life, but your life is not changed. And then over time, you become more irritable. And why isn't God meeting me? And why isn't God touching my life? And why isn't God helping me with these relationships? And God's like, they're all sitting in there. All the gifts, all your needs, all the things that you've needed or wanted in order to grow, they're all sitting in there. You're just not opening up the gifts. And that's where the apostle Peter is saying, you need to grow. You need to take advantage of them. You need to open them. Now, in contrast to a hoarder, there's my daughter. who does like to save things in her room. That's a different topic. The one thing that I love about her, she loves gifts. She loves gifts. 
So much so that after her birthday, which happens to be in May, it doesn't take her but a couple weeks, and she's already going around to different family members saying, hey, you know what I'd like for my next birthday? Honey, it's only been three weeks. You're still playing with the gifts you just got. Yeah, yeah, but Dad, but my birthday's coming. It's coming. Well, then Christmas comes, and some of those gifts maybe she gets, but then two weeks later, hey, Isaiah, you know what I would like for my birthday? Can you remember this? And I mean, she just is dialed in her love languages, gifts, gifts. I love that spirit because that's the spirit we ought to have toward the gifts that God gives to us. An unsatisfied appetite to experience the grace of God. God, every gift you're giving to me, I can't wait to open the door in the next morning because God, you already know my needs before I do. And I open the door and there you have it. And I'm going to rip those boxes open. Some of those needs I know I have. I need that grace. I need that patience. I need the spirit of God working in me. Some of them are going to be things I don't even know I need. Like I might need to forgive today, or you might be answering a prayer that I've been praying for years and I didn't know the answer was coming today. And a sense of expectancy, a sense of, of joy at being able to open a new day with new gifts of God's grace and to grow in it. Maybe you're asking, well, pastor, what exactly do you mean by gifts of grace? I would like to know what's in the boxes. Well, let me give you a couple examples. Really, the gospel is not something we experience once, this massive gift, and then put it on cruise control. That's exactly what Peter's saying not to do. What we realize is this is just the starter gift that from that point on, I need the forgiveness of God just as much today as I needed it back when I was forgiven and embraced Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I need God's help as much today as I needed it back then. The gospel is the reality that not only are we opened up to a one-time gift, but it's as though God has given us an eternal subscription to grace that shows up in our lives every day. Gifts like relational restoration. God, I need your grace to be in right relationship with you. And you've offered me your grace to be restored after I chose to say those nasty things to someone yesterday. Or, God, you you have opened up the opportunity for me to reach out to that person and talk through that. God, would you open up this opportunity? And wow, they've already texted me. That's a gift of God's grace leading to restoration. Or a sense of community. So many people live in our so highly connected world, so to speak. We live lives of isolation. And people know all about where I've been in the last 24 hours, but don't know me at all. One of the things that I've experienced over these last 12 months, I've been a part of community, as a part of starting a community of believers here, but I've never experienced the love of God's people even close to how I've experienced it in the last 12 months. And as our family has gone through a difficult season, I've seen people leaning in with love in ways that I've never experienced before. Last week, we were out in Phoenix, and I think of three different families that have repeatedly hosted myself and Jensine, or just Jensine, or Jensine and her mom, and how they've opened their doors, and opened their vehicles, and opened their food, and opened everything, and said, come stay with us. We're here to encourage you. Have prayed with us. I've never experienced that level of love toward me in my entire life. That's been a gift of God's grace. I feel more connected and more loved in community than I've ever been before. Yes, I wouldn't, I didn't want this trial, but I've seen God use it to show me his grace and love for me in community. Maybe you have a story like that. 
or maybe the gift of hope. You're discouraged. Maybe you're thinking back to your before Christ life and you get discouraged when you think about where you are at and, and the gift of God's grace to you today is to remind you that in Jesus Christ, you are a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if you're in Christ, you're new. You're new. The old is past. One of the things that I hope that God would awaken within our hearts, you know, sometimes as a believer for now four decades, I've read certain verses hundreds of times. And yet sometimes God, in his gift of grace, allows us to put on the glasses and to see them afresh for the first time in different ways and to experience old truths afresh. I love what he says. If you look back again to the beginning of second Peter, uh, verse three, he says his divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted us his precious and very great promises. No one wants to go through certain things in life, but we know we will. And whether it's good or bad, when we're able to come to God's word every morning and experience those promises again, where God reminds us again of his love for us, when he reminds us again that he has, whatever we're in that 24-hour period, God has an eternal weight of glory that is hanging over us, waiting to be fully displayed in our lives. Or maybe it's gospel forgiveness, the reality that though you can't forgive yourself for something, the knowledge that God has. Or maybe it's that you feel unwanted or unloved. And God would remind you in his grace that you are adopted. You are chosen specifically by God. Or maybe you need power and strength for a new day to deal with new kiddo situations or a new work situation or a new friend situation. You need strength to endure endurance through a difficult trial. Or maybe it's the fruit of the spirit that for the first time today in the first time in a week where you feel so dreadful or dreary that God would bring his joy by the Holy Spirit that you would have a joy that transcends your circumstances or a peace in anxiety. Maybe sometimes God's gifts. I loved having the kids up here. Can tell you how many times my own kids, just a little crazy thing they do or a smile or a joke I've heard 17 times, but it's told to me again and it's funnier now than the first time I heard it. It's those little gifts of beauty, of grace. Or maybe it's a small but meaningful answer to prayer, something that your soul has been crying out for. And God brings a little answer. You know, when I think about God's grace, I'm filled with profound gratitude. What if God was the God who only saved us, but then left us to ourselves until we got to be with him in eternity? And yet that's not the God, that's not the heavenly father he is. He displays his grace in our lives in a ginormous unexplainable way in Jesus Christ who comes to die for our sin and embrace our shame and give us freedom. But then every single day, He's watching over us and he knows what we need. And he mails us another couple boxes of grace to meet those needs right where we have them. That's the God we have. That's the God we love. That's the God that is ministering and shepherding our souls. There's a profound gratitude at realizing that you and I are being shaped and formed by the grace gifts of God. The question is, will we open the gifts and grow into them or leave them unopened? 
is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church in Columbus. You know, I pray that as you listen to Meeting with God daily, you are growing in your passion to follow Jesus Christ. But you know, following Jesus is more than just listening to sermons. It's about serving Him with our gifts and abilities. Hey, can I encourage you to think about what would be the next step of faith in serving Christ in your church or your community? And you know, if you don't have a church, let me invite you to visit our church family at 1290 Old Henderson Road in Columbus. Let's look at one other way that God shapes us. Go back to 2 Peter, verse 18. It says, but grow in grace. But then it says, but grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, what does he mean here? Knowledge. Well, there's two different kinds of knowledge. There's probably many other types of knowledge as well. But think of these in two different terms. There is book knowledge, and then there is relational experiential knowledge. For example, I do weddings from time to time. And when I get to know a couple, one of the things I ask is, well, tell me about how you met and tell me about, you know, what you led you to this point. Now, if I asked that question and someone turned to me and said, well, we met at a, at a work party or we met in a blind date and, uh, and they, they begin to tell the story. But, 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 but the turning point in our relationship is when we exchange resumes. That was the day. We exchanged resumes, and now we, we knew each other. We just knew each other. That's nuts. No, 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 no. You can exchange resumes, but I can learn more about a person having ice cream or coffee with them. So can you. It's not that you're, listen, Jesus has an amazing resume. His resume blows everybody's resume away. And certainly we need to know who he is. We need to understand who he is in truth. That's what we get in scripture. But if that's all your knowledge of relationship with Jesus Christ, you're missing out massively and you will not grow. You'll know up here, but you will be lacking down here. What the call of this text is, is to grow in your interpersonal relationship with Jesus, to know him like you know a friend, to know him like you know your spouse, to grow deeper in trust. Think of a relationship in your life. Think of somebody that's been important to you over the course of your lifetime. Think about how deeply that relationship has shaped you. Many of us can think of a handful of people, at least five of people somewhere, maybe even only knew them for a short period of time. But in engaging that relationship, we became different. Now, on a much larger level, that's what Peter is saying. Listen, as we engage Jesus Christ, as we grow with him, as we walk with him, we are meant to become different. Maybe you say, in what ways? Well, as our depth of knowledge, depth of relationship with Jesus grows, we begin to trust him more. You know, there were things that I could not have trusted Jesus Christ with 20 years ago that I can trust him in now. There's levels of surrender that you could not have surrendered to him 15 years ago, but because you're growing in your relationship with him and you're watching him daily care for you and daily walk you through difficult situations and good situations, you are in a place where you can now yield and surrender your life to him more fully. In deeper relationship, I can trust him. I can have faith. I can love him. My love for Jesus Christ, my passion to follow him has grown. My joy and my richness in that joy has grown in time, in depth of relationship. I love what the Apostle Paul says, if you want to turn quickly to the Philippians, Philippians 3, if you're wondering, well, what does it mean? Or how do I see this? I want to see this in the text. I love what Paul wrote. 
Think of Paul when he first meets Jesus. What happens? When he first meets Jesus, he gets knocked off his horse. And Jesus says from heaven, he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And what does Saul say? Or Paul, as he becomes, he says, who are you? That was how the relationship started. But then think of what he writes in Philippians all the way down to the end of his life. Now, decades later, he writes this in Philippians 3, 7. He says, but whatever I had, he's thinking of his resume of serving God before coming to Christ. He says, but whatever I have gained, I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. He says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain relationship with Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Then he says it again, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection experienced in my life, Paul says, and that I may share in his sufferings. I'm even willing to embrace the difficult aspects of being a follower of Jesus, that I may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead and spend eternity with him. That was the driving passion of Paul's life. Not a bigger this or that. He said, the one thing I want is I want to know Jesus, and I want that to shape every part of my life. I want us to talk about how we grow in community. Here's the first thought. We grow together in community as we pursue, embrace, and enjoy all the daily expressions of God's favor toward us. We've just talked about that. We pursue and embrace and enjoy all the daily expressions of God's favor. But now I want us to focus in here on Jesus. We also grow together in community as our deepening relational knowledge of Christ shapes every aspect of our lives. You know, we often talk in church about how we believe in Jesus Christ, that we believe in relationship with Jesus Christ. What's that supposed to mean? What it's supposed to mean is that as I'm leaning into him, he, scripture says he is with me. He said he would be with us always by the Holy Spirit. That as I'm growing in him and growing in my desire to know about him so I can know him deeper, it begins to shape my life in every way. Maybe you're saying, well, how? Can you give me a practical example? Again, I'm going to use my life, not that I'm the perfect example. Many of you could get up here and share your testimony as well. One of the things that I have so appreciated watching this last year is Jensine's trust and willingness to yield her life to the Lord through challenge, through trial, and to grow in imitating Jesus. And as she has walked that out, and as I've also been walking through this slightly in a different angle, but together in this, God has often taken me back to Psalm 37, one of my favorite chapters in scripture, one that I've memorized for years. When I'm growing in my relationship with Jesus Christ, I'll just read these verses. Psalm 37, 4 and 5 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. It means being willing to commit yourself to whatever way God chooses. Trust in him, and he will act. Here has become my prayer as I've watched this in my wife's life. God, would you begin, Jesus Christ, would you shape my delights? I had a list of things that I delight in, and I want that list. But Jesus, as you become more and more everything to me, 
Would you shape my delights to be the delights you want me to delight in? Then my desires. Scripture says that God will give us the desires of our hearts as we delight in him. Jesus, would you shape my desires? Jesus, as I'm around you, would the desires that you have for my life become bigger to me? Would my ambitions for my life grow smaller, especially the ones that are not of you? Lord Jesus, would you begin to work in my life and cut out the things that are not of you? And third, commit your way to the Lord. Lord Jesus, would you shape my surrender? Would you shape my willingness to lay everything on the altar? Lord, would you take my life and glorify yourself through my life, whether it's the way I anticipated and hoped for or a way that you chose totally apart from my desires. And most of all, Lord Jesus, would you shape my trust? Lord Jesus, would you shape my trust by a greater knowledge of you? As I lean into you, as I follow you as my shepherd, would my trust grow in you? As I go through the good, the bad, and the ugly of life, would you, would you shape my heart and shape my trust so that when I go through these hurdles, Lord, that my, my trust is greater in you and my desire to follow you is greater, that every part of my life is shaped to be more like you. To grow, as the Apostle Peter has told us, is to be shaped by grace and by a deep interpersonal knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I would ask you today, would you look at the last month or year or two years of your life? Is it being shaped by relationship with Jesus Christ? Is your life being shaped by the grace gifts that he keeps giving to you? Or are you drifting? To drift is to gradually, even subtly, be shaped by false doctrine or false influences or false priorities. It is to be unshaped by Christ. The purpose of the Great Commission, given by Jesus himself, is formation, spiritual formation, to be shaped and molded as disciples in community. I'll close by saying this. It takes humility. It takes humility to say, I need formation. Whether you've been a believer for 40 years or 40 minutes, it takes humility to say, I need formation. I need to be formed by the grace of God. I need to be formed by my personal, interpersonal relationship with Jesus Christ in community and to grow. Grow is a plural here. It's not meant for just individuals. It's all of us. That's what grace groups are for. A place where we can grow together in God's grace and in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in your presence, we thank you for this message from the Apostle Peter, which in some sense not only summarizes this book and all of his writings, but really his entire life. Peter himself had been shaped by your grace. The quirky Peter, the Peter that said quirky things and stuck his foot in his mouth. Lord, you had shaped him. You had shaped him in relationship and you had shaped him by grace to the place where he could write these words to us at the very end of his life. Lord, I pray for us that we would be together shaped, not by drift, but to be shaped by growing in the daily graces that you provide to us as the gospel is manifested in our lives. 
and also in our growing into our daily relationship of depth with your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we offer our lives up to you and we surrender them to you. We ask that you would shape us into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, whatever it takes, shape us into the image of Jesus. Father, I would pray for those you, you know our hearts. You know exactly where each person in this room or watching online is at. You know. God, would you reveal to us by your spirit if we are drifting. And God, would you draw us back into yourself? Would you even put moments of grace in our lives today and tomorrow and this week that would draw us out of drift and into an intentional life of growing in grace and in depth of relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. It's for his glory. And in his name we pray. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio, located at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Vertical Church is not only passionate about the preaching of God's word, but also praying for God to work in the lives of those in our church, our city, and our world. If you have a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. Please take a moment and head to our website, verticalchurch.life, and visit our prayer wall. There you can leave a prayer request, either publicly or anonymously, and you can know that Vertical Church will be praying for you. As always, we hope to find you here tomorrow at the very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.